are listening to Positively Prepped, a podcast for teachers. I'm your host, Rebecca Rodriguez. I'm a veteran teacher, and I never bring work home. I'm here to talk about how you can systematically, effectively, and positively prep your classroom so you too can feel balanced, happy, and in control of your life at school and at home. I have had the unique opportunity to teach both online and in person this school year. I started online with my students and then we moved into in person, but I'm also teaching the online kids who chose not to come back to our school in person. And I've learned that it is so much work to teach, but it's unbelievable how difficult hybrid and online teaching has been this year. It's not that typical list of assignments and tests that students can do on their own schedule like online learning has been in the past, it's different. There's that expectation that we are to engage with our students on Zoom or on Teams or however we're supposed to meet, and then also have external assignments that they do by uploading, going to this website, doing this activity that we have to create digitally and then grade digitally and then give feedback digitally. It has been a major undertaking. And I think that it's left a lot of teachers, most teachers, feeling tired and jaded and burnt out and unappreciated, you name it. I think that it's time that we realize that student engagement is really important in this endeavor and that we can do it and maybe we're not doing it exactly right. So join me today as I discuss student engagement strategies for all types of learning. When we started teaching this year, our administration and district told us that we were expected to hold Teams meetings with our classes and then extended lessons because we were only going to have our classes for two days a week instead of the five days of of normal instruction. So we were to create these assignments. Students would be graded on those assignments, but we could only have two graded assignments per week. And it was really hard to make sure that we were getting in all of the learning and then give them a great assessment or assignment for them to do on their own time after our Teams meeting. I do remember one day after teaching a grammar topic, I had been sharing my screen with my students so that they could see the PowerPoint. So I literally was talking to the screen and not seeing a single soul. And in this particular lesson, there just was no interaction. The students were not really responding to me. There was a few people chatting with me in the chat while I was talking. I would say, do you guys understand? They would say yes, or I would have them do an example and they would put their answer in. But it was really tough for me to feel like I was connecting with or engaging with my students. And one of the things that our administration had talked to us about was it was imperative that we be engaging that we had student engagement in these lessons and these extended lessons that we were supposed to give them and then grade them on. And so after this PowerPoint teams meeting and they had all signed off, I just remember staring at my screen and feeling kind of like a failure, like that lesson had really just flopped because the entire 45 minutes that I had been teaching this PowerPoint, this grammar topic, 
It had been completely silent except for me droning on, seemingly to myself, and I knew they had signed on, my students had signed on, but I had zero indication that they had understood, stayed awake, or even turned the sound up on their computers. Like, I, I really didn't know for sure how many students really learned anything that day. And I had the thought, this was not teaching. This was not how I like to spend my time and effort. My class normally is moving and singing and playing games and writing and talking to each other. My class is normally loud. We're a language room. We talk to each other. There should be something going on where there's engagement and students are participating. And th that is not what was happening in my team's meetings because I felt like I had to teach them the stuff in the meeting, which was basically me lecturing, which is not how I would normally do things. And then they would go and do an assignment and then come back for another lecture. And it felt so unnatural to me. But with our online schedule, I had them less than half of the time that I would normally have them to teach, to practice, to assess, reteach, etc. So I decided I need a new plan. This is not working. And so I started by doing a refresher because I, I, I was going off of the idea. My administration told me I need to be engaging. How do I do this online? I've never taught online before. And... I needed a refresher course. So I started researching student engagement. And I have to admit, I had a few aha moments, moments where I either remembered something that I felt like I had forgotten or just hadn't thought through all the way, or even where it was like, huh, I feel like I've completely misinterpreted what that meant and I'm going about it all wrong. So my first thing was, what is student engagement? And what I found was that student engagement is a result of the student's involvement in their learning, which contributes to their learning and sustains their further involvement in course activities. Aha! I, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I feel like when I'm talking about engagement, it's that they're having fun or that they are loving it or that they're talking and, and we're having a great time. And I, through this, I learned that engagement is basically student participation and involvement. And I didn't say anything about fun, games, cute, glamorous, exciting. And I had to go, aha. So I decided in that moment that I need to worry less about the games and the fun. And I need to worry more about student engagement by them being involved and participating. Learning that inherently answers the why. Why does student engagement matter? And Obviously, the more students study a subject or topic, the better they're going to know it. So we want them to be engaged and listening and participating. And the more that they engage with their teacher and the material, the more they develop the skills and the confidence to learn more. So those two things are vital. We can't expect them to learn if they're not doing anything. We need to get our students engaged in the learning in order for them to progress in our topics and, and subject areas and really be successful in them. But I do think that teachers understand and want students to be engaged. I, I don't think you're sitting there being like, oh, I never thought about wanting my students to participate. I know that you do. And that kind of is where the issue lies. How do we compete for their attention when they have a phone in their pocket, when they're not even in the room with us? How do we make sure that we are encouraging students and giving them things that are going to be engaging and, and, and force them and help them to participate and be involved in their learning. Before we tackle this problem, let's do our unpaid sponsorship. For our unpaid sponsorship today, I'd like to do a shout out to Wireless Mice. 
the other day I was doing a lesson and my, my computer was on my desk because I had it plugged in and I had it Bluetoothed to my projector. And I was on, so we, there's my two piece, parts. And I was on the other side of the room with my mouse leading students through a game and we were working together and they had to answer stuff and then I would click and then it would show them the answer and then they could go do this next section. And we were doing a lot of stuff and I had the moment where I was like, thank goodness for this mouse because I could do things differently, but I would be tethered to my computer if it wasn't wireless. So thank you to whoever figured out how to make that pair with my computer so that I can be wherever I want with my mouse. Thank goodness for the person who figured out the laser on the bottom so it's way more accurate and and put together. Just amazing. I'm so thankful. Thank you, wireless mouse creator. Okay, now back to our regularly scheduled program. So we've discussed that engagement isn't about our song and dance per se. It's not about our show that we're putting on. We're not We're not entertaining students. We are trying to engage them. It's about finding a way to get our students to connect with and do the learning activities. So in my research, I found a study by a man named Fisher, and he said the problem of engagement or learning retention cannot be attributed solely or exclusively to the online setting, but to the lack of appropriate pedagogical choices that include the kind of learning activities that seem to encourage student engagement. And I realized that I was being very monotonous and not very creative in the way that I was going about my learning activities. I was thinking that I had to present the information in lecture format because that made sense to me. I knew I could do that on our team's meeting. And then outside of our meeting, they could then go do their assignment, which was typically writing sentences or answering questions. That was easy, but that's not always the best way. In my opinion, online can be especially tough because of the lack of collaboration that students can have with their peers, a lack of communication with their peers or their teacher, or they don't have enough academic support. So those three things make online learning even more difficult. And that's what we need to address when we are trying to make them more engaged in the class. So what can we do to engage our students? I kind of came up with three things. The first one is to create relevance. The connection between the content and the student's reality is what makes the learning relevant. Students are seeking relevance when they ask the question, why do I need to learn this? Or when am I ever going to use this? Or why, do I, why, why are you teaching this right now? If they're asking that question, we need to make sure that every time we teach something, we have an answer to that question. Whether they're asking it out loud or not, we need to be giving them that relevance. So even if we lead with that information, we're learning this because and make the learning relevant, then they want to engage in it. If they can see that it actually is leading somewhere, they have a a bigger reason to buy into it. Some of the great reasons that we do things are to build our team, to create a relationship between us and our students. That makes it relevant. A lot of times the learning is just setting them up for the next thing. That makes it relevant. If it's a building block to bigger knowledge, that's a relevant topic. Sometimes it's about learning cultural experiences and how that cultural bias or that cultural experience leads to an event or a language topic or any of those things. If we can show them that culturally it's relevant, they have a big buy-in to that. But we really need to make sure that we have the answer every time. This is relevant because without these connections, our students will find it very difficult if not impossible, to learn what it is we're trying to teach them. Relevance is the key to engagement. 
The second thing we can do is to make sure that they are connected to us as the teacher. It's harder for them to connect with the other students because they don't have direct contact with them, but they do have direct contact with us. We need to be accessible and in tune with our students. In person is a lot easier because we can see them. We can talk to them. We can use their name. We can write things on the board. We can tell them to write things down. When we're in person, we have a lot of ways to give them information, even just with a look on our face. But online is a lot more difficult. We have to make sure that our communication with our students is clear, concise, and consistent. One way that I have learned and done this with my online students is that I send a weekly email. They know to expect that email on Monday morning, and it's going to have the outline for the week. And I also have included links to exactly where it is in Canvas that they can find what they need to do. Sometimes we think, oh, they can just go down the list. Why can't they just click this and then click this and then click this? But we don't know what experience they have with computers and technology. We don't know if their parents are able to help them. This is difficult. When you don't have any idea of what it is you're supposed to do, it's hard to do it. So I have laid it out in a list. This week, we're learning about this topic. By the end of the week, you should be able to do this. We are learning it because I've given them the reason, the relevance, right? And then I gave them links to exactly, I, I give them the list. First, you need to do this, then read this, and then do this assignment. After that, you need to collaborate with your peers in this way. And I, I have links to those things. So they have, a, it's a bulleted list of all the stuff they need to do that week. To even add a little bit more connection with my students, I've included links to anything they're missing. And especially designed for them. So I print out a list of everything they're missing and I put links to where they can find that missing assignment so that they have more reason and ability to do it. Since I've put in these emails and I'm very clear as to what needs to be done, I'm concise. I don't make it four paragraphs when I could just make a bulleted list and it's consistent. They know where when it's coming. I have found that I have less missing assignments. I have more engagement with my students. They talk to me more. They email me more. They ask more questions. They attend the team's meetings more because they trust me and they know that I care. They know I'm going to answer their questions and they, they have a little bit more buy-in because they feel connected to me as their teacher, even though they haven't maybe met me or they don't, I don't even teach at, at some of my students' school. I teach at a, the other high school in the district. And yet we are working together as a team to get things done because of that communication. The third way to really make sure that we have student engagement in our online and in-person classrooms is that we need to let students engage and do the work. So number three is academic support. We need to make sure that our academic assignments are asking the students to do work and to be engaged in the learning. That means it's a lot less of me telling them stuff and, and more of them finding stuff and learning stuff and reading stuff and doing stuff. Two ways that this happens is through cooperative learning. So they learn it with a group or other students and they have to communicate and talk to each other and learn those things. Canvas has a great collaborative tool there. There's also discussion boards that they can do this on. You can create an assignment that on Google that they can both be working on together and filling in information. But working together is possible online and it's still a great tool. The second way is by making sure that students are actively learning alone. That means that you assign them things and, and videos to watch and then comment on or review their own work and find out what went wrong in their own work. And they can watch a video and then explain to you how to do that topic. But it's not just about them hearing the information and then doing an assignment. 
One way to make sure they have the academic support that they need is by accessing prior knowledge. This gives them the building blocks to move forward. If we don't give them the basis of what they should should know to start the learning, they're going to find it a lot more difficult to do. So for me, a lot of times that building block is explaining or showing them how it works in English so that they can start to use what they know in English to help them understand what they're doing and those parts of speech in Spanish. Maybe in history, the building block would be to explain an event that they know well or something going on today that somehow connects to what they're going to learn about. And by making that connection, then they can move forward and learn the new thing. One thing that we also need to make sure of is that we have high expectations for our students. These expectations might be different as different students come about because some students can do all sorts of things technologically and other students find it very difficult to upload anything or record anything or to do these things. So the expectation should match the student as should the different ways that students learn. So one thing that I found to be very successful is when we kind of get to the end of, of a topic, I have given them different opportunities, different options of ways that they can show me what they've learned. So I may have a straightforward test. Take the test to show me you learned this stuff. Or write me a poem or a song and you can say it or perform it and record yourself and tell me what you've learned. Or Make a skit that uses this language that we're learning in class to show me that you understand the topic that we're talking about here. And I find that students are way more engaged when there's different ways of learning that are addressed in the assessment process. It's a great idea. You could totally do this with all different kinds of topics, but think about what are some ways that they could show and then give them options and see what they come up with. Student engagement is our responsibility as teachers. We signed up to teach students and to help them learn. They learn by connecting to and engaging with the learning. Sometimes we think we have to put on a crazy spectacular show when really we need to be actively searching for ways to have the students find connections to what they're learning and then personally engage and work with what they're learning. Three things we can do to engage our students are one, be clear on the why or the relevance of what you are teaching and they are learning. If you don't have a great reason, students will disengage. Two. Be connected and available to your students. Have a definite plan for clear, concise, and consistent communication. And three, make sure they have effective academic support. Don't just say the stuff and then do a quiz. Make them think, research, work with the learning together or alone. My goal with Positively Prepped is to help teachers to feel balanced, happy, and in control. One great way to do that is through effectively using student engagement strategies. Students are engaged when they are connected to the learning and when they do the work. When we are connecting with our students and they are connecting with the learning, we can feel happy and we can feel in control of our subject matter. Thank you for listening to Positively Prepped, a podcast for teachers. Please subscribe and share it's important to continually focus on balance and improve our practices. That's why I created Positively Prepped, to help teachers to improve themselves, their classrooms, and their lives so that they can create an amazing classroom, leave their work there, and then go home and live a full life, guilt-free. Join me next week as we continue our journey to become Positively Prepped. Remember, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Rebecca.Rodriquez. That's Rodriguez with a Q and not a G. 
please feel free to shoot me a message and ask questions. Thanks again for listening. See you here next week.